brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Intuitive Transformations with your host, Sylvia Henderson, and discover tools, wisdom, and inspiration that will empower you to transform your life. Sylvia is an intuitive life coach and energy healer with a growing practice that is focused on empowering others to be more of who they want to be. For the next hour, join Sylvia and explore and unravel anything in the way of you creating the life that you would love to live on the OM Times Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the Intuitive Transformations Radio Show. This is where you will learn tools that you can use to change and transform your life every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Ohm Times Radio Network, the voice of consciousness at ohmtimes.com. This is Sylvia Henderson and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive life coach and I'm an energy healer. My work focuses on releasing the limiting belief systems that hold you back in life. If you would like to learn more about me and the work that I do, please visit my website at intuitivetransformations.net. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter and you'll receive a special gift from me to you. Again, that's intuitivetransformations.net. Well, today we are going to talk about something that I believe is probably one of the most destructive forces in the universe. We're going to talk about fear, also known as false evidence appearing real, some people like to call it, and how you can learn to live your life beyond fear. Joining me today is Dean Slider, who has taught natural methods of meditation and awakening throughout the United States and beyond since 1970, from colleges and yoga studios to corporate offices and even maximum security prisons. Dean is known for his warm, funny, down-to-earth style and for making authentic, life-transforming teachings accessible and easy to understand. A grateful student of sages in several traditions, he has completed numerous retreats and pilgrimages in India, Tibet, Nepal, and in the West. Dean's books include Natural Meditation, A Guide to Effortless Meditative Practice, which was the winner of the Knotless Award for Best Book on Body, Mind, and Spirit Practices. He also authored The Zen Commandments, Cinema Nirvana, why the Chicken Crossed the Road, and his brand new book, Fear Less, Living Beyond Fear, Anxiety, Anger, and Addiction. Dean has appeared frequently in national media, including the New York Times, National Public Radio, Coast to Coast AM, and O, oh, the Oprah Magazine. When not writing or teaching, Dean plays the ukulele and happily rides his Vespa through the streets of Santa Monica. And he is here with us today. Dean Slider, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Sylvia. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. And, and listening to your bio, you live such an idyllic life. It really sounds wonderful <laughs> being able to cool through the streets of Santa Monica on a Vespa, <laughs> avoiding a yeah, lot of traffic yeah. that way, too. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm I'm a lucky duck. It's 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 true. That's awesome. So, how did it all begin for you? How were you first introduced to meditation? Well, really, it began for me with some spontaneous experiences in childhood. Um, there were I had a number of just kind of uh, what I later on recognized as experiences of opening up. Um, you know, at the time that they happened, I, I they just kind of happened. I didn't try to to describe them or anything. Uh, probably the most dramatic one was when I was 11 or 12 years old and my um, family was going to be going to a drive-in movie that night, which dates me. And my mom sent me out to the garage to clear out the uh, all the, the comic books and toys and things that my brothers and I had left in the backseat of the, the Nash Rambler station wagon, which also dates me. And uh, I was out there picking up all the stuff, and my mind was racing just be, for no particular reason then, except that my mind was pretty much always racing, even at the age of 11, and just thinking about, well, what about this, and what about that, and what about this, and what about that? The next thing that I picked up was a Mad Magazine, and on the cover, as always, was a picture of, of their grinning mascot, Alfred E. Newman, and his motto, What? Me Worry? And all of a sudden, and I and I swear I'm not making this up, all of a sudden I realized that this racing thing that my mind had been doing it was called worrying. And that I, on some level, had chosen to do it. I had turned that switch on, and therefore I could turn that switch off. I could choose to, to just drop all that worrying. And I did that, and my mind just went so clear it was just like perfectly empty. It was as if the top of my skull opened up to the vast expanse of the sky, just whoosh. Uh, and I had gone into what much later on when I started reading books, I realized, oh, this is what is called samadhi or satori. You know, it was a genuine experience, a glimpse of of absolute awareness uh, of of just pure beingness. And I just floated blissfully on that all for, for that whole evening through the, the whole dumb movie that my family and I went went to see and, and all that, the, that night in bed as I was drifting off to sleep. So those kinds of things really kind of um, tuned my curiosity to it. And then in high school, I started reading. And in those days, it was you know not nearly as easy to find books about these things, but I found a copy of the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads and the, the Tao Te Ching started reading that in high school. And uh, then I found myself in college. It was, it was San Francisco in the mid-60s when there was this wonderful influx of, of teachers from every tradition. Uh, the, uh, we had um, the Zen master, Zen, uh, the first full-time Zen Roshi teaching in San Francisco. We had the second Hare Krishna temple in the U.S. We had uh, Sufi teachers, Hasidic teachers. So I just kind of traipsed around and sampled all of it. Wow, you had a lot of exposure at a very young age, and to have be inspired by Mad Magazine. I'm sorry, that kind of made me chuckle <laughs> yeah. to just drop worrying. I mean, and that really is um, the key to it all. I mean, it's amazing how addicted or how hardwired it seems or how we have hardwired ourselves, I should say, to mm -hmm. the story of worry. And so how does right. that feed into fear? Right. Well, first, let me point out, you're absolutely right that we're wired for it. We wire ourselves for it, but it's not hardwiring. If we were hardwired, we'd be sunk because that would mean we couldn't change it. And the, the great news is that we can change it, that every time we think certain ways and, and, and just drop off, leave off thinking other ways, uh, we're changing our wiring. Uh, we're, we're, we're changing the, the neuronal pathways. Um, so, yes, worry and fear, they're all, and actually, you know, the subtitle of my book is Living Beyond Fear, Anxiety, Anger, and Addiction. 
those seem to be the big four things that are you know so prevalent in the air these days, and they're all very closely connected. Really, they all come from the being disconnected from mm-hmm. our inherent inner wholeness. It's as if we go through life, most people go through life convinced that they're like a little wave on the surface of the ocean. And a wave is very fragile. A wave is very impermanent. Waves are, you know, the bigger waves are sloshing you around all the time. And after a while, you notice that every wave eventually settles back into the ocean or breaks against the shore, you know, meaning it dies. And that's all very frightening. So uh, that makes us subject to fear. Uh, We can have specific fears, or if we're not sure what direction the next threat is going to come from that that might crush our little wave, it just becomes free-floating anxiety. Um, Or when we start feeling we can identify, oh, who is it that's threatening my little wave? It's that person in my personal life or that person in my professional life or that group or that ethnic group. And as we know, there are politicians always ready to exploit those kinds of fears saying, oh, it's the other tribe that's uh, causing all your problems. Let's, let's, uh, you know, elect me and I will, uh, I will answer that threat for you. I'll protect you. Uh, So this can rise to anger and then to try to self-medicate against all of that stuff, uh, we can fall into addiction. So the, the the so the root solution to all of that is to get back in touch with this inner wholeness for the little wave to look within herself or himself and realize wait i'm there's this big ocean if i look settle down into my base a little bit there's this big ocean and i'm not separate from it i'm part of this ocean i'm not isolated you know, that I, I love that, and I love how you pointed out that um, a lot of this addiction to worry really is this sense of feeling disconnected from our inherent wholeness. And mm-hmm. so what you offer in your book are a lot of wonderful strategies and insightful things to consider that help to reconnect that um, that wholeness that we seem to have forgotten is really the truth of who we are. So um, what does it mean then to be fearless, to actually live a fearless life? Because I think for most of us, even having a a frame of reference for what that might be like is something beyond our imagination because we're living so far out of sync and out of alignment with that. Right. Well, I, I don't know what it's like to be fearless because I'm not fearless. Uh, and I don't think I've met anyone who's fearless. I've met the Dalai Lama, and I tell a story in the book. Turns out the Dalai Lama is afraid of worms, but he he laughs he laughs about it a lot. Uh, so so this is the opportunity to point out that the title of my book is not fearless; it's right. fear less. Two words: mm-hmm. fear less. Um, and I know that this word fearless has become very trendy. You see it a lot in advertising and on T-shirts these days. And I guess it's a nice ideal to aspire to. But, you know, uh, if, it's, if it's one more impossible ideal, maybe it's just one more thing for us to feel that we've failed at. The thing is, we don't need to be fearless. It's, fear is a, is a valuable thing. You know, we're, we're, we are wired. We are hardwired, actually, to... Uh, have a certain amount of fear of snakes, for example. You know, just enough so that we'll be careful and we'll avoid them because some of them are are poisonous. So that's fine. Then what goes beyond the beneficial hardwiring that nature gave us is when we we lose the calibration, when that gets cranked up to 11. And like a friend of mine who can't walk into a pet store to pet the puppies because if she has to go past the tanks where the snakes are, she's afraid they're going to break through the glass and fly through the air and jump on her face. So in a, in a sense, that's what that kind of thing, that that loss of calibration is what's happened to many of us. Uh, one way that it happens is, for example, you know, we've got this caveman, cavewoman nervous system um, 
which is, again, hardwired to uh, respond when we hear the roar of the woolly mammoth. You know, in the, in the old days, in the cave days, when the woolly mammoth roared, it was time to either pick up your... Sp- it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Beer and hunt it or run away. That's called fight or flight syndrome. And so the nervous system doing what it's supposed to do uh, activates the, the sympathetic branch of the nervous system, which makes our heart pound, makes the, our, our mouth go dry, makes the, the, the blood go to our uh, skeletal muscles so that we're ready to, for action. Uh, that's fine. But in modern life, every time a bus goes by, it sounds to our nervous system like a woolly mammoth. And so modern life tends to get us into this cranked up state where we're in fight or flight all the time uh, when it's, it's not productive. So this is one of the reasons why it's important to have some simple, easy, do them anytime, do them in any moment meditative techniques that allow us to cool out the sympathetic nervous system and turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, which has the opposite effect, which is to settle things down, to make things more chill and more mellow. Right. You know, and just to clarify, I wasn't saying fearless as a word. I was, <laughs> okay. I was trying to say the title because even the idea concept that I could live with less fear in my life less fear. people seems right. very unimaginable. So, yeah. um, so what I love but, is that but, you but, do offer these techniques that help support people no matter where they are, you know, um, right. in their right. life. And, I, and I, like, I like giving people really simple things, things that I can teach in 30 seconds. You know, I teach workshops all, all over the U.S. Uh, and occasionally beyond in, in this stuff. And a favorite these days is, which people can learn, in 30 seconds right now is breathing through your feet so that right now if you just put your people listening to this you just put your attention notice the the soles of your feet as soon as I say soles of your feet you don't have to work at it excuse me you 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 kind of feel or imagine the soles of your feet and then as you breathe in imagine or feel that you're breathing in through the soles of your feet and then as you breathe out imagine or feel you're breathing out through the soles of your feet whether the breath is fast or slow, deep or shallow, whether there's noises or, or thoughts in the background, doesn't matter. Just keep breathing in through the soles of your feet and out through the soles of your feet. And you may notice already, just to do that a couple of times, and oh yeah, there's something nice, something settling about that. 
So if I were sitting at a red light, really wanting it to turn green and getting stressed at the traffic, if instead I just took 30 seconds to breathe through my feet, oh, I would just start getting out of the grip of that rage, out of the mm -hmm. grip of that fear of being late for work or whatever it is. Yeah, it does shift your energy. Very, very subtle, but it do, you can feel the difference. I really appreciate yeah. you sharing that with everyone listening. So we're going into a break, everyone. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Please stay tuned for more of Intuitive Transformations Radio on OMTimes.com and my special guest, Dean Slider. We'll be back in just a few. The future of Internet radio is here. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site, but a spiritual dating site with a purpose, to link you with your soulmate. We engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free. AscendingHearts.com Hello, I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, host of Om Times Magazine's flagship radio show, What is Going On? My passion is sifting through information, research, and innovations from new thought teachers, speakers, and researchers, pushing back the boundaries of what we know about life, energy, metaphysics, and the universe. I love shifting perceptions about who we are, why we're here, and how quickly impossible becomes normal when we open our minds, expand our awareness, and accept that the only limits that exist are those we place upon ourselves. So if you're the kind of forward-thinking, eager investigator of what lies beyond the current reality that most perceive, why not make a date to come play with me in the field of possibilities at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time every Thursday, and together we can discover what's really going on. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes, I did the same things over and over, until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You are listening to Sylvia Henderson on the Intuitive Transformations radio show with my guest, Dean Slider, and we're talking about his most recent book titled Fear Less. So, Dean, one of the things that you um, talk about in your book is how we typically mishandle our heavier emotions like fear and grief and anxiety, anger by either suppressing those emotions or allowing them to consume us. So can you talk about that and why neither of those approaches work and what can we reach for instead? Right. So first of all, I think it's important to understand that emotions are supposed to be there. The reason that we have these emotions is that uh, somehow this time around we chose to be human beings rather than you know rocks or cabbages or something. Um, that's it's having these emotions is is part of the adventure. It's part of the investigation. So then the question becomes, what is the most skillful way to handle them? Uh, repression is an unskillful strategy because as the word repress uh, implies, we're pressing the feeling down somewhere. We're, we're trying to, we can't make it go away. We're just pressing it down out of uh, sight. And it generally gets pressed somewhere into the body. Uh, a whole lot of back pain in particular uh, seems to come from repressed emotions. And a lot of people who've tried everything for their back pain and, you know, surgery and chiropractic and massage and all kinds of things, once they just start to recognize, oh, it's, uh, you know, when, when I start to feel that twinge, oh, my aching back, instead if I say, wait a minute, what 
emotion am I ignoring right now? Oh, I'm angry or, oh, I'm scared. And just recognize, okay, and it's okay for me to have that feeling. And very commonly, people will stop having the back pain. I've seen very dramatic instances of this. Um, so repression, yeah, is not, not a skillful strategy. The, uh, the other one, the opposite, is just to indulge, just to, to just go over and over the whole story and just to, as you say, allow yourself to be consumed by it and to keep coming back to it. Because, you know, I mean, as you know, every moment is a fresh moment, a fresh chance to experience life. And if we keep in the each fresh new moment keep going back to the old thing it's um you know there's there's a very vivid image about that in in uh, the old testament it says that as a as a dog returns to its own vomit so the fool returns to his folly so um the the question becomes what is the way between these two big rocks what's the way into the into the clear open water and that would involve there's any number of strategies that we can use of really methods of acknowledging the feelings getting deep into them and then um uh, releasing them. One that I've got in the book that is, uh, I really have, have a lot, it's a lot of fun, uh, and I use this one a lot in my workshops, is uh, it's in a chapter in the book called The Sweetest Dog in the World. And what you do is imagine that the sweetest dog in the world is sitting there in the room with you. And you, you close your eyes and mentally you tell the whole story to the dog and you let the feelings just totally indulge just for once. Pour the whole thing out, pour it out, and you know the, the, that sweet dog is the m best listener in the world because they don't ask questions, they don't interrupt, they have no idea what we're talking about, but they completely, they, you know, they don't get caught up in our story, but they understand emotions. And just imagine that that sweetest dog in the world is taking the whole thing in, and you just keep telling the story till there's nothing left to tell. Then take a breather, or walk around the block, or something, and sit down again close your eyes again and go through the whole thing the second time but this time imagine that you're the dog and you looking around the room with your sweet doggy eyes of love and oh there's your sweet human friend the one you love so much and oh she's 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 moving her mouth making those funny sounds again okay look I'll I'll I'll, I'll listen to this and oh I can understand her emotion she's so hurt so vulnerable okay honey just pour it out pour it out and as she's pouring the story out you take all those emotions into your doggy heart and there you explode them into space you just let them dissolve into space wow that's a the ultimate exchange of compassion isn't it for <laughs> yeah it is it is and it really and it really is uh, you know it's in the, the 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 basic mechanics of it are very similar to some of the compassion practices of tibetan buddhism which i studied for for years but it's it's kind of an update that's more in keeping with the lives of uh lot of you know <laughs> america in 2018 gotcha <laughs> so you know, most people looking at the subtitle, most people think of fear and anxiety as being very similar. But when you bring in the concept of anger and addiction, you know, can you speak to how um, the relationship between fear and anxiety um, are intertwined with anger and addiction? Yeah, um, first of all, anger, you, you only get angry when you, something that you have identified yourself with uh, is threatened. Mm. You know, if you feel that, let's say, you're, you, you've very much identified yourself with, well, I have this certain status, I have this certain dignity, and then someone disrespects, or, or at least they do something that you perceive as disrespecting your status, disrespecting your dignity, then you're, you're going to get angry at them. Uh, addiction, you know, I've got quite a lot of experience of dealing with, with addicts. When I lived in New Jersey, I actually uh, ran some programs for a while at a couple of uh, rehab places for addicts and alcoholics. And where I live now in Santa Monica, 
uh, near Los Angeles, we have an open meditation session. It's free, open to everyone uh, every other week. And a lot of people in the local recovery community have found out about us, and a lot of them come to it. Um, one story, uh, which I do tell in the book, I think is very, um, really kind of gets to the heart of this. Uh, a young girl, about 19, 20 years old, came a couple of times to our Tuesday night session. Didn't say anything. Her second or third time, just before she left, uh, she kind of called me over, pulled me aside, and she quietly said, I just want you to know I'm a heroin addict. I've been sober for six months. In tonight's meditation, I just sunk so deep within myself it was so blissful. It was so healing and delicious. I didn't think I could ever feel this way again in this life without drugs. Mm. So when you hear stories like that, you realize, okay, this, this stuff really does work. And you realize that without something that is that deeply healing and delicious and and so deeply restorative of our fundamental wholeness without that addiction may be you know suspended but it hasn't been deeply healed and it's interesting because you can drive around LA here where there's a lot of places where 12 step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That meetings happen. You can always tell where the meetings are because of all the people you see outside on the sidewalk smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Which is, by the way, America's number one killer drug. It kills 10 times as many people as opioids. Mm, wow. But when you, when you, and, and I used to smoke, I used to smoke one to two packs a day. Uh, and then early on, for me, it happened very quickly, right around the time I started getting involved in meditation. I never planned to quit. It's just one day, it just, it just fell away. I just, why am I doing this? I, I don't need this. I feel, I feel fine. <laughs> why would I do this? And, and that's the way a lot of it happens. What the, the key in, in the meditation is effortlessness. And this is the, the major thing that most people miss about meditation. They think of it as this Herculean task. It's going to be like, like rolling a rock up to the top of the mountain, and it's really hard work. I'm going to sweat away at it, but one day I'll get it to the top of the mountain. Um, but, of course, the reason that that doesn't work is that any effort to create a non-agitated state of mind is itself a form of agitation. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a contradiction in terms. You're trying to relax. Uh, instead, I say that in, rather than being like pushing a rock up a mountain, it's like a feather floating out of the sky. You know, gravity is going to pull that feather down to the ground every time. The gravitation uh, of human consciousness, what we naturally gravitate toward is greater happiness, greater fulfillment, peace, silence, God, if that word works for you, nirvana, if that word works for you, all different words for the same thing. We're naturally gravitating toward that in every moment of our lives. It's what we're really looking for in every choice that we make, every as our finger runs down the menu in the restaurant, as you're, you know, on your dating app, uh, uh, you're scrolling left or scrolling right. 
you think you're looking for Mr. Right, but you're looking for nirvana in the form of Mr. Right. So in natural meditation, which I teach in my workshops and, and in my books, rather than push and concentrate and try to make the mind stop and try to push away the thoughts, we allow this gravity to take over. We just allow it to pull us down into ourselves. Now, that's a really interesting uh, concept because typically when people think of meditation, it's about allowing, you know, having the absence of thoughts, so to speak, this empty mind. But that's not necessarily, um, you know, what meditation is. I mean, when you speak of natural meditation, um, you know, can you you talk a little bit more about that? What is natural meditation? Um, yeah. meditation, because that's yeah, the core of your practice. Yes, it is. That's that's the core of the practice, and and all the others are kind of extending that into the into the day. Um, yeah, you just now use this very interesting phrase, empty mind. There is no such thing as an empty mind. No such thing. Mind, by definition, mind is mental activity. It's like wind. You know, we say. Uh, the wind blows. Okay, in in the English language, that's how we structure our our sentences. There's a subject and there's a verb, right? We learned all that in the the third grade or the fourth grade. The wind blows. Now that makes it sound like there's two separate things. There's this thing called wind, and then the action that it performs, which is blowing. But when the wind stops blowing, what does the wind do? Right, it doesn't exist. We, this yeah. word wind, there is right. There's no thing there. Wind, what we call wind, is really just the activity of blowing. Right. We we, we get, when the wind stops blowing, it doesn't you know go to Florida for a vacation and sit on a deck <laughs> chair and you know drink mint juleps or something. Uh, now, in the same way, you just take that W in the word wind, turn it upside down, and now we have the word mind uh, as it happens. Same thing. We say the mind thinks. But what is the mind doing when it's not thinking? There is no mind without thinking. Th- my, what we call mind is just thought activity. What there is, the space within which this thinking takes place, is a, a more accurate word is awareness. It's the same awareness that's aware of uh, hearing aware of seeing colors and shapes, aware of sensations, aware of feelings. It's just, it's, it's just like empty space. It's like an open space. That is emptiness. That's the true emptiness. It's the true silence, which we're looking for all the time. But the thing is, it's, space is always empty. Like the, the space in this room right now, I'm, I'm holding my, my coffee cup and I'm moving my coffee cup back and forth through the space. That doesn't change the space. Space is, is space even when it's full of stuff. It's like, to use another analogy, it's like a mirror. We can hold uh, you know, red objects and blue objects and yellow objects in front of the mirror, but the mirror is always perfectly colorless. It's just perfect crystalline colorlessness. And that's what our awareness is like. It's because our awareness is inherently free of any colors or shapes or thoughts or feelings, including fear and anger and and all of that. That is what your awareness is like right now. That's why Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is within you not could be someday if you're really good, is within you right now. So it's simply a matter of, you know, that that silence, that peace, that sense of perfect ah that we're looking for all the time is within us right now. And it's simply a matter of we've, we've become so habituated to paying attention to all the shiny objects out here on the outside that it takes a little bit of guidance so having someone walk you through a couple of times, just allowing gravity to take over to pull our attention within. And then we can rest in that inherently silent, perfect peacefulness even while there's thoughts going on in the background, 
It doesn't matter. We don't have to push the thoughts away. Otherwise, every time we come out of meditation and have to deal with the world again and deal with thoughts again, we would lose our bliss. And, and that would, you know, and, and if we think of the great sages, think of the Buddha, think of Jesus, think of Lao Tzu, Socrates, you know, we know that they were able to walk around and be in that state of nirvana, bliss all the time. And, you know, they all said we should be able to do what they did. So going back to your analogy about the mayor, awareness from a place of neutrality, really, without judgment of what's happened. Without judgment. Yes, it's without judgment, and yes, it's neutrality. But it's 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 we we just want to be clear about this. It's it's more than just okay. I'm going to keep a new, neutral attitude. It's not just that I'm going to refrain from judgment. It's uh, um, it, it's a the natural state, the natural core of our own existence. Like when you first wake up in the morning. There's a moment that most of us usually miss before, just before we start to think, right? It's like the lights are on. It's like the screen of the of the TV has been turned on, so it's perfectly glowing, but no action, no no picture has come on yet. We we again, that's just an analogy, but something like that. Uh, and it, again, we can contact that all the time, and that's where the peace and the happiness we've been looking for. In outer things, that's where we can find it all the time. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to being in that state on a constant basis. Yeah, and anyone can do it. It's so it's so easy. It's so simple. And by the way, on 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 my website, uh, I've got audio tracks, and every anyone can access those for free, where um, I'm guiding you in the meditation, so you can slip right into that. Awesome. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes. I know we're going to be going into a break here. And when we return, I'm going to have um, Dean share with you how you can get in contact with him, visit his website, get that guided meditation, and learn more about how you can fear less in your life. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned for more. The cutting edge of Conscious Radio, Own Times Radio, IOM FM. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living. A chance to see new, hear different, and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. Hey, let me ask you something. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? Would you seat them beside a lit fireplace or by the deep end of a pool? One last question. Would you seat your child in a car seat that's not correct for them? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Intuitive Transformations Radio Show. This is Sylvia Henderson with my guest, Dean Slider, and we are talking about his latest book titled Fear Less, Living Beyond Fear, Anxiety, Anger, and Addiction. And Dean, before we went into the break, you had shared with those listening that you had a guided meditation that they can have access to by visiting your website. Would you mind sharing what your website is? Right. The website is fearlessbook.net. That's fearlessbook.net. Awesome. And um, is there also information on that site as to, you know, your upcoming events or do you have anything yep. scheduled other than the book tour this year? 
Yeah, yeah. All my information, I've got, you know, this is my fifth book, and I've got chapters from my previous books. I've got one book that's about enlightenment lessons from the movies. You can find out all about how Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is really about enlightenment. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that one that one's a lot of fun. Um, and I've got my uh, teaching schedule. Uh, I've got events upcoming in the next week in Orange County, one in San Clemente, California, one in Newport Beach. Then in June, I'm going to be in Louisville, in Cincinnati, uh, back teaching a, a one-day retreat in Santa Monica. Uh, then I go to New Jersey, Massachusetts, Big Sur, Chattanooga, New York City, New Hope, PA. Uh, I'm all over the map, and I'm, I'm adding new events all the time. So that's all on, on the website, which again is fearlessbook.net. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with the listeners. So um, I know that there are people listening that are going to, going to start thinking, wow, you know, he's he's really making it sound like this is easy, but it seems like it's so difficult because my thoughts are constantly racing. I can't calm down and relax. Life is too much of a struggle for me. You know, what do you have to say to someone who's feeling really challenged, like the last thing they think they even have time for is to spend some time in meditation at all? Yeah, you know, you don't have time to not meditate. That's <laughs> what, what I say. You're not spending time to meditate. It's it's an investment of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one thing, it does. You'll hear a lot from people that oh, to get real results from meditation, you have to sit for an hour a day or or something like that. But that's the same people. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Who say, oh, you have to concentrate and clear your mind and, and push away your thoughts. What happens, and I know I'm kind of generalizing and simplifying, but in general, what happens is people sit there for an hour straining, trying to do this unnatural thing of making their thoughts stop. Uh, which you, you you know, and they just wind up stirring up the waters more, turning it up more, uh, and it's exhausting trying to do that. I know. I mean, that's the way I started when it started with this thing many many years ago. Um, and what happens is, for maybe fifty minutes, they're straining trying to to clear their minds, and then finally their mind becomes so exhausted that they give up. And then once you give up, then whoosh, gravity takes over. <laughs> and you slip into the natural state of just resting within your your own awareness, within your own beingness, the kingdom of heaven within. And you say, ah, oh, it took a lot of work and it took an hour, but it was really worth it. So what I show people instead, and and this is I I haven't made this stuff up. This is what I was very fortunate enough to learn from my own teachers who come from real authentic traditions going back hundreds of years in India and Tibet. And what they showed me how to do is just go straight to that part of the last 10 minutes. You know, just skip the 50 minutes of strain and go to that 10 minutes of allowing gravity to take over. So it doesn't take a lot of time. And what I would say is fine. If you've lived for 20, 30, 40, 50 years of being caught up in stuff, try this for for a month or or two weeks, sitting down for 10 minutes every day, set a time, just like brushing your teeth. You know, everyone gets around to brushing their teeth every day. So do this every day for even five minutes and then see and 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 i and i the thing is i've worked with everyone from uh tv producers out here in la under intense pressure 
trying to get these shows on the air uh, under, you know, in, in insane schedules. I've worked with them. I've worked with students at a top-notch prep school in New Jersey under intense pressure getting ready to go to Ivy League colleges. And I've worked with prisoners in maximum security who's just, you know, really their their health and safety is in danger every day. And I found out that they all can do it. If with a little bit of proper guidance, I mean, you do need some proper guidance, some skillful guidance. And once you get, they, they've all been able to do it. There's no reason why anyone hearing my voice should be an exception. Hmm. So um, when you keep referring to gravity takes over, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. I'm just wanting to know if you can flesh that out a little bit more. What does that mean when gravity takes over? Does, is it like the self just falls away or you're just you're finally just present with what is and um, can you, you what know, what okay so so that? sure so let's say okay people are listening to this to this broadcast right now mm -hmm. or podcast or whatever it is and it's and they're finding it pretty interesting so they're paying attention but now what if Right now, something really more enticing happened. So, you know, suddenly uh, a circus parade is going past your window, and there's clowns, and there's jugglers, and there's the the pretty lady dancing on top of the white horse in the sequin dress, and there, you know, all this. Wow, it's a circus parade! Now, naturally, your attention goes to that. You don't have to make a decision. You don't have to make any effort. It's because the way our minds are built, it's like, you know, heat-seeking missiles. We are happiness-seeking organisms. Our attention goes there naturally. And what we're doing in every moment is our these poor little happiness-seeking organisms, we're bouncing around in the world of objects and experiences and substances, tasting this, trying this, maybe this relationship, maybe this movie, maybe this book. There's nothing wrong with all that stuff. I love movies. I love books. I love relationships. It's great, except that it doesn't solve the basic human blessing and curse, which is that we have this intuition that there's this deepest happiness. There's this happiness that doesn't depend on anything, that doesn't go away. So by letting gravity take over, what I mean is with a little bit of guidance, uh, you find out that you can allow because uh, as you know, Jesus and the Buddha and all the other sages attest, that most attractive happiness, that thing which is even more inc incredibly fulfilling than the best circus parade in the world, because that's inside you all the time. Once you get just turned toward that, you you automatically get pulled into it. You automatically settle down into it. Now, sometimes the experience subjectively is wow, it was so clear and so blissful and so deep. Man, it's just going to take me 10 minutes to get my eyes open. Sometimes we're not so sure. Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm thinking about my laundry list. I'm thinking about that. And then there's some little period where I'm not quite sure what happened. It's a little bit, it's more fuzzy. But then maybe the cat jumps on your lap or your phone rings and you realize, no, I don't want to open my eyes right now. There's something about that's uh, just sitting here in my own beingness that is very attractive it's very fulfilling and then and and it and that has to do with the fact that the you know it's an organic process it's a natural process so so the subjective experience will sometimes be more clear sometimes less clear that's not important what's important is that more and more that comes out of meditation with us more and more that background silence, that background happiness, that fulfillment is there. It's like you take a dry sponge and you throw it in a bucket of water. It comes out wet. And you do that enough times, this particular sponge, it's some kind of special sponge, that after a while it just it, it doesn't dry out again. So you're walking around in that happiness, that fulfillment, which is in that peace, 
which is inherent in our own beingness. It's not a state, really. It's it's our natural, the nature of existence, uh, what the Hindus called satchit ananda, um, which just means the bliss of awareness of beingness itself. And more and more, you're just walking around in that. And so you're, you're still going to movies and reading books and doing what you do. But there, it's no longer this desperate quest for happiness. More and more, it's an expression of happiness. Wow, I really like that. Because that, you know, describing us as happiness-seeking organisms is so yeah. dead on. We're always looking for how do I become happy? And we're thinking yep. it's all outside of ourselves. If I have this, or if I do this, or if I'm with this person, then I'm happy. But those are just fleeting moments, and it's not true right. lasting happiness. When you can awaken and enliven that from within you, then then you look at life completely differently. Um, That's right. And then and then we 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 start trying to once we regard other people and other situations as the source of our happiness that's a losing game because they're always changing and we try to control them and then our attempts to control things just makes it worse and worse i mean right there that's the story of a whole lot of uh you know marriages that start off lovely and then wind up on the rocks yeah yeah and it's a it's a big gateway into fear too because if it's yep if my happiness is dependent on something outside of myself that's not an integral part of who I am I can lose that thing you know that's right that's and, that's exactly right yeah you, you know people people tell me well I meditate on the golf course uh, or I meditate when I play my guitar and I say that that's great you know I play my ukulele you know and I I go into that zone I know what, you, what you're talking about that's great but what happens if you get arthritis and you can't play the guitar again mm-hmm. or what happens if you have a stroke and you can't play golf or, or tennis anymore um, uh, you know, and and as we get older, and you know, we we're visiting our our parents and relatives in the the nursing home, and we start to realize, you know, that could happen to me someday, uh, and and that's really kind of kind of a the semi final exam. If it happened that all I could do is sit in a wheelchair and not even be able to string coherent sentences together anymore, uh, could I? be okay with that yeah well that's really the the whole thing is you know how do we loosen our need to identify with our external circumstances exactly making that without us the qualifier of who we are and just doing that is going to allow a lot of fear to drop away because then there's nothing you can really lose Exactly. All our fears really are fears of someone or something taking away the things that we've identified as our sources of happiness and security and, and, and safety. And when once that source is identified as being within you, then, you know, then you're 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 good to go. Yeah, that makes a big difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great, great, mm-hmm. great, great. Mm hmm. And you know, then if we turn around, if we turn around and think again about uh, people like Socrates and the Buddha and Jesus, that we've always had some intuition that you know these they, this this quality that they had of being okay under all kinds of circumstances, including every one of them faced these really horrible deaths, and yet we somehow have known all along that they they were not. They didn't have a lot of anxiety about that, that that somehow, in some way that seemed impossible to us, they were okay even facing those horrible deaths. But now they can start to make more sense to us. Mm. So this doesn't dampen down, though, also the um, the joy of life as well. Um, no. In, in your external experiences, I should say. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 quite the contrary. Once you're, once you're, um, that background constant free-floating anxiety that most people have to some degree, once that starts to settle down, uh, it's just, you know, <laughs> celebration time. 
Wow, that's great. Well, what I do really do really appreciate about your most recent book, um, Fearless, is that you do offer this just um, banquet of different uh, tools that people can use to help bring more awareness and presence within themselves and in their life. You even uh, go into offering movement as an option to like cross crawling and dancing um, that that can also mm -hmm. be beneficial and so there really is something in here that can speak to just about everyone um i do have to share though you do have this one chapter about what happened on november 9 2016 which we won't even talk about because mm -hmm. we don't have enough time for that but that was right. definitely um Brought a lot of fear to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that that's right. And I and 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 in a way, it was great for me as it was. I was in the middle of writing this book, and and I realized, ah, okay, I got. I'm going to write about fear, anxiety, rage. All of a sudden, I was feeling all of those things. Okay, now I'm ready to write. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? We definitely are living yep. in some interesting times, and so your book is, the theme of your mm -hmm. book is is definitely quite timely. You know, yeah. So all, all too timely. <laughs> all too timely. So for those of you listening, uh, Dean Slider's book is Fear Less: Living Beyond Fear, Anxiety, Anger, and Addiction. And I just want to let you know his last name is spelled S-L-U-Y-T-E-R, but it's pronounced Slider. And Dean, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today. You've been just a delight. Thank you. It's been really a pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a wonderful week and know that you are lovable and you are loved. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care until we meet again. Goodbye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.